0: This is Tailgate Till May, part of the Believe Podcast Network. If you love college sports and you like to have a little action on the games, then this is the place for you because I'm your host, Stephen Gorgie, and I love both of those things too. I'm excited to be back for another episode here. We are deep in the dog days of conference play in college basketball. It's late January. It's cold. There was snow on the ground here last week, and it feels like college basketball season. We have a big weekend of games ahead, and I'm going to dive right into it. But before I do that, just a reminder, you can follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at the same handle, at GorgOnSports. It's especially important if you like following along with my picks to follow me on Twitter during basketball season because as I record this, not all the lines are out for Saturday's games. So I'm going to be dropping some additional picks on Twitter as those lines become available. Before I get into the weekend slate, I wanted to start with a big picture trend. So last night, Thursday night, number nine, Arizona goes on the road. They get upset by Oregon State. And Arizona has had a strange season. Sometimes they look like an outstanding team, a team that can win a national championship. Other times they are losing games on the road to the likes of Stanford, Washington State, and Oregon State. They've had a very up and down year, and it's kind of consistent with what we've seen from Arizona over the past couple of seasons. Uh, Tommy Lloyd has done a very nice job there, but they have suffered some bizarre losses uh, over his tenure but it's not just an arizona thing right now brandon ramsey of kentucky sports radio you can follow him on twitter at bramsey ksr he tweeted out uh, a really interesting stat that i wanted to bring up and it's that ap top 10 teams are now 17 and 27 that's just uh, uh, under a 390 winning percentage 17 and 27 on the year against road unranked opponents now you might be thinking yeah we know that it's really hard to win on the road teams get upset on the road all the time ranked teams get upset on the road but when you compare that to years past how ap top 10 teams have fared on the road against unranked opponents it's significantly worse last year The top 10 teams won just about 60% of their games on the road. The year before that, 61.2% against unranked opponents on the road. The year before that, right around that 60% mark, 58.9%. Then you go back to the 2019-2020 season, which is the year the NCAA tournament was canceled due to COVID. AP top 10 teams against unranked road teams, 66.1%, or I should say, on the road against unranked teams, 66.1%. And in the 2018-2019 season, 73.3%. So things do seem to have drastically shifted. Uh, it seems like pre-pandemic, pre-COVID year, pre-transfer portal, top 10 teams were a lot more consistent on the road against I don't want to call them bad teams, but less than elite teams. If you're not in the top 25, you're not an elite team. And top 10 teams were kind of taking care of business. Now that, that has shifted, that has changed, that number dropped, but it has taken a significant tumble this year with AP top 10 teams going 17 and 27 so far in the year against unranked opponents on the road. And the last five games... AP top 10 teams have played against unranked opponents on the road. They've all lost. And this has all happened within the last week. Memphis falls at Tulane, Kentucky at South Carolina, Illinois goes down at Northwestern, Auburn falls at Alabama, and then last night, Arizona falls at Oregon State. So, what does this mean? Well, yeah, it certainly means that it's very hard to win on the road, that any team can win on any given night. And if you're a gambler, it does seem like there's some value in some of those home dogs on the money line. And we've seen that a little bit, but we've also seen a lot of these lines shift where like, I'm looking at lines, I'm trying to find home dogs and there there are not a lot of home dogs out there and we'll get to the slate and what I'm betting, but a, a great example and this is not doesn't quite fit this criteria, but Iowa State in the Big Twelve. Iowa State's number twenty three in the country. They host number seven Kansas. Iowa State's a two and a half point favorite in that game. And spoiler, alert, I am going to bet Iowa State. But that's a game where you would love to get Iowa State as a dog. They are a slight favorite in that game. A game that does match this criteria of a unranked home team against a top 10 road team is Mississippi State getting three and a half against Auburn an Auburn team that's been criticized a lot over the last week I feel like after their loss to Alabama for not having these toughest strength of schedule so far this season so it's something to keep an eye out for there from a gambling perspective is can you get these home dogs can you get some juicy odds on the money line there Uh, knowing the success that unranked home teams have had against top 10 teams but I do feel like with Ken Palm, with Torvik, with the analytics, it's kind of being factored in, at least in some cases, that home court advantage um, and how close, how close this sport is, how small the margin for error is, and it's a little harder than it once was to find these big juicy home dogs with those big odds. So uh, something that just caught my eye, something to keep an eye out for. I do think a big part of this is the transfer portal and the extra COVID year because so much more talent is spread throughout the country. So many teams are able to get old and stay old. So many teams are able to grab really good mid-major, low-level, low-major players and add them to their rosters. I mean, you just look at... I feel like the big 12 pretty transfer heavy league. And you look at some of these teams like a, a Texas tech, they have a, their big man, Warren Washington. This is now, I believe his fourth school Texas tech. He started his career at Oregon state, then went to Nevada, then Arizona state. And now he's at Texas tech. Those are the kind of guys that are being added to, to teams being added to these power leagues and then contributing in a big way. Max Acemas at Texas, another guy. I talked about him last week on the show, but he really made a name at Oral Roberts. When they were a Cinderella, they were America's darling. They made that Sweet 16 run in 2021 as a 15 seed. Now he's at Texas and and a really important part of that team. He's had a couple game winners on the year. And that's the kind of talent that is moving around the country and transferring up often and i I think that's a big part of why we are seeing more of these upsets now what does it mean big picture as far as the national championship you could say it's gonna make for a crazy tournament it's gonna make for a crazy march and i think that would be accurate I, i think we'll see a ton of upsets in the tournament like we typically do um i think it means you You stay away from some really, really heavy favorites if you're betting the national championship. If you're trying to put a future down, you don't want to go with a team that's, you know, plus 700 to win the national title when you know that the margin for error is so small and there's so much talent spread throughout the country and that a lot of these teams have struggled with unranked teams. I think. That's something you want to avoid right now. I mean, to me, as a general rule of thumb, I try to avoid that anyway. I try to find value. I mean, you're always trying to find value when you gamble, but you're. I, I try to find value when I look at those futures. I try to stay away from the favorites because often the value is not there with the favorite, so uh, another thing to just keep in mind as you look at your futures as we progress through the tournament okay let's get into this weekend slate and as always this time of year it's a big one it's packed with conference action and we'll start at the noon time slot eastern time on Saturday we we'll start with a big 12 matchup. Kansas State goes to Houston to take on the number 4 Cougars. Houston is a 14 and a half point favorite in this one and I am taking the Cougars to win and win big. In conference play, Kansas State has turned the ball over on 23% of possessions. That's the worst in the Big 12. Houston has one of the best defenses in the country. They're one of the best teams in the country at forcing turnovers. I think this one is as simple as that. I like the Cougars to roll in this one. Kansas State also had a road game Wednesday night in Ames. They have another back-to-back road game here. I don't like the way that the travel schedule sets up for them, although I believe they did go directly from Ames to houston but i think the matchup is just bad for jerome Tang's squad here i really like this houston team you know they dropped too early on the road in big 12 play they lost back-to-back games to iowa state and tcu and the iowa state loss was a four-point loss the tcu loss was a one-point loss and it felt a little bit like the sky was falling you heard a lot of welcome to the big 12 like Houston isn't a program that has been to def- a Final Four under Kelvin Sampson. Like Houston isn't one of the most consistent programs in the Big Twelve. Y- you heard a lot of that, and certainly the Big Twelve is a- is a big step up from the American. I mean, it-, it would be a big step up from basically any conference right now because it is far and away, hands down, the best conference in America. But Houston has shown in the three games after that, three wins, why they are the favorite to win this conference right now, why Ken Palm has them winning the conference right now, why Torvik projects them to win the conference right now, and why they're the betting favorite to win the conference right now at minus 105 on FanDuel, Kansas behind them at plus 470. They've bounced back in a really nice way, winning three straight games, absolutely blowing out Texas Tech, at home i thought that was a game that was going to be much closer i bet texas tech in that game that was now a couple weeks ago and that was a big loss for me i i thought houston it was houston minus 13 i bet texas tech plus 13 my um, thought there was houston has played a lot of close games And this is going to be another close one. Houston doesn't really, hasn't really blown teams out in Big 12 play other than West Virginia, which is clearly one of the two worst teams in the league. Well, now in those three games since the Iowa State and TCU losses, they beat Texas Tech by 23 at home. They beat UCF by 15 at home. And then they beat BYU by seven on the road. So give me. The Cougars to roll in this one. Ken Pum has them as a 17 point favorite. FanDuel has them as a 14 and a half point favorite. So I'm taking Houston minus 14 and a half there. Let's move on to 12 30 Eastern time. And we have a game here that is what college basketball is all about. Georgetown and their head coach. Ed Cooley returned to Providence. Cooley, of course, was the Providence head coach for years and years. Ed Cooley is a Providence guy. He didn't go there, but he's from Providence. Uh, he, so he's a hometown guy. He's a guy that had done really good things for that program. And there was a lot of bitterness when he left to take that Georgetown job, uh, in-conference job, an in-conference jump for Ed Cooley And this is the kind of atmosphere that I, quite frankly, grew up on and what made me fall in love with college basketball. There's going to be a lot of vitriol in that stadium. There's going to be a lot of emotion in that stadium. There's going to be some anger in that stadium. And this is what makes college basketball great. This is what makes it, to me, one of the two most interesting most entertaining most fun sports to watch because of the emotional investment from the fans because ed cooley was there i think it was like 12 or 13 years at providence uh he like i said he is a providence guy he's from providence his first year there was 2012 Uh, and he left after last season, and he he elevated that program. They had done some really nice things there. They had gone to the tournament a bunch of times, and he had made that a really tough place to play, and the fans feel like... He abandoned them, and I get that. I completely get that. If you're a fan who's invested in a program and your coach up and leaves for a conference rival, you're going to feel hurt. You're going to feel abandoned, and they are going to show Ed Cooley and Georgetown how they are feeling when he makes his return on Saturday. So for me, despite how bad Georgetown is, this is a must-watch game for me just because of the emotion In that stadium. I mean, what I always will draw back to, no matter what, just based on my own experiences, is those Maryland Duke games in the early to late 90s, early 2000s. And from a Maryland perspective, there was so much hatred for Duke there was so much anger towards coach K and Duke because Maryland coach quite frankly Duke was at the top of the heap Duke was at the top of the ACC they were at the top of the country they were trying and Maryland was trying to get there now it didn't help that Maryland fans also kind of felt like Duke always got the benefit of the doubt when it it came to officiating when it came to the league with you know all all of that sort of thing and right or wrong you know I I I never love like playing into the whole this team gets all the calls Kansas gets the calls at home Duke gets the calls at home like certainly when I was child when I was a teenager. I, I probably felt that way as I've gotten older. I, I don't quite believe that. Not I don't quite. I don't really believe that. I think officials can be influenced in In various ways by a home crowd. I think it's a very hard job, but I truly, in my heart of hearts, do not believe that any official goes into a game and says, we are going to give this team the benefit of the doubt or or that we are going to give this team the benefit of a good whistle because they are Kentucky, because they are Kansas, because they are Duke, because they are North Carolina. I I truly, truly, truly do not believe that. Uh, But that is how Maryland fans felt in 97 98 99 2002 2003 that's how Maryland fans felt so there was a lot that went into that rivalry and the fact that they were both two very good teams was a part of it but there was so much emotion in that building when Duke came to town there was a ton of hatred for Duke as well as support for Maryland and uh you know you can make the debate you can have a debate over whether it's healthy to have that much hatred for another sports team if it should be more about supporting your own team I know Jerome Tang Kansas State's head coach would make that argument when he took the Kansas State job and he was there last year and they were playing Kansas he said we want to make it about us not about hating Kansas and I get that I respect that but I do think a part of sports is you're going to love your team you're going to hate the rival and when you have a situation like this with Providence and Ed Cooley and feeling let down and feeling abandoned. I think there's just going to be a ton of emotion in that building and there's going to be a ton of vitriol in that building and it's going to create an electric atmosphere there in Providence. Georgetown is also not very good. They are one of the worst defensive teams in the country, it feels like they give up 90 points almost every night. Most recently, they they lost to Butler 90 to 66. They lost to Xavier 92 to 91. They lost to UConn 80 to 67. They are giving up a ton of points on a night in and night out basis. So give me Providence in this one because of the emotion and just because Georgetown is that bad. Give me Providence minus an 11 and a half. So, starting off the day with a couple big favorites here. Moving on to 1 o'clock, a game I'm interested in here is Seton Hall taking on Marquette. This one is on the road for the Pirates. It's at Marquette. And Marquette, I, I was trying to figure out, can Marquette be this year's version of UConn, where UConn went through that little slide in January. They looked like maybe they were not a national championship contender anymore, and Marquette had a very nice non-conference uh start to their season they beat illinois they beat kansas they beat texas they did drop a few games too but they picked up big wins they came into the season being viewed as a national championship contender and now they've gone through a little bit of a of a slide at the start of conference play here at one point they were two and three in conference now they're five and three in conference and you know, this game may not tell us everything we need to know about Marquette, but I think it will help us piece things together and figure out where Marquette is. It's one I'll be watching. It's not one I'll be betting uh, because I, I just, I'm trying to figure out Marquette is a team. I was very high on coming into the season. I thought they had all the pieces to win the big East, to go to a final four, to win a national title. Um, and we're going to find out, you know, what they're made of. I don't know that the Big East is still in play for them, really. It feels like it's a league that UConn, I hate to say it has locked up, but I mean, they have a two game lead through eight games you know Marquette is only two back in the lost column they they still have two more games with UConn so maybe it is still in play for them if they can turn things around but even if they can't get all the way to the top of the Big East standings they can still earn a good seat in the NCAA tournament they still have those goals in front of them they can win the Big East tournament they still have a ton to play for they're sitting at 14 and 5 right now and uh you know despite a couple losses early in conference play, that's what I'm wondering right now. That's what I'm trying to figure out, is can Marquette continue to grow and progress and become the kind of team that UConn ended up being in March last year where they were able to go out and win the national championship? So this is a game I'll be watching to try to continue to figure out where Marquette's at, if they're growing, and where we think they can get there. Uh, Let's go on... To the 130 time slot and let's go back to the big 12 here it's an intra top 25 matchup number seven Kansas goes to Hilton Coliseum to take on number 23 the Iowa State Cyclones Cyclones coming off a big win over Kansas State on Wednesday night and this was a game where they got their point guard Taman Lipsy back and I was really impressed with Iowa State over the past couple of games, being able to win two games, one without Taman Lipsy, their starting point guard, I think one of the most improved players in the Big 12, if not the country. They won on the road at TCU without him. And then they come back home lipsy comes back he looked to me like he was maybe not a hundred percent because he did not have what i thought was a great game against kansas state but they still found a way to win they've won two in a row And I love the way that this team plays defense. One of the best defensive teams in the country. They are number one in the country in turnover percentage. They force a lot of steals and they use that to really help their offense. The question with them is, and will kind of, I think, always be for this season, how much they can get offensively. They've had somebody step up recently in kurt jones who had a really nice game against kansas state he put up 18 points three of eight from beyond the arc and that was just a game after he put up 17 on the road against tcu so the emergence of kurt jones has been really nice he's a buffalo he's a transfer from buffalo that's been big and then if you haven't watched iowa state play a ton you need to check out milan Momchilovich. He is a guy that is just a ton of fun to watch. He put up 19 points against Kansas State. He always seems to come up big in big moments, whether hitting threes, whether hitting fadeaway jumpers. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the Big 12 as well as in the country. And this is a team, an Iowa state team that I really like, I think is really fun to watch. And I think they are a dark horse contender in the big 12. It's going to come down to them for them, how much they can get on the offensive end. Now, defensively, you know, they aren't perfect, although they're very good. When they played BYU, they gave up a ton of threes. And that's the way that BYU plays And if Iowa State can't first force a turnover, they are a little susceptible to that. They are susceptible to giving up open shots and BYU made them pay. BYU went 13 of 35 from three in that game. They put up 87 points. Now, can Kansas do that? I'm not so sure. You know, the big question with Kansas throughout the season so far is can they get somebody else to step up for them outside of their top four? Now, they've gotten somebody to step up a little bit in these past couple games, and he's moved into the starting lineup. It's Johnny Furphy uh, from Australia, and he has been a really big threat for them from deep. He's hit three three three-pointers in each of his last three games. He put up 23 points against Cincinnati on Monday, and he's definitely a guy that's starting to emerge as a threat for them now can he do it consistently i I think that's the big question that's something we're going to have to find out and just wait and see on uh if that's something that he's going to be able to do consistently if you look at kansas and how they performed on the road i think they are a pretty different team on the road they've played four true road games and they're two and two in those games one is a four point win over indiana back in december One is a a really nice blowout win over Oklahoma State, but Oklahoma State is clearly one of the two worst teams in the league. And then they've lost twice. They blew a lead on the road at UCF, and they lost to West Virginia 91-85 last Saturday. And they bounced back with that win over Cincinnati. But losing to West Virginia... Uh, that's That doesn't inspire a ton of confidence in me. I think Hilton is a really tough place to play. I like Iowa State's defense. So give me Iowa State minus two and a half in this one. Moving on later in the afternoon, a bunch of good, interesting matchups to watch. Number three, North Carolina goes to Tallahassee. They're going to take on Florida State. So I mentioned that stat at the top of the show about how poorly teams in the top 10 have fared on the road against unranked opponents well we got a game here that fits the criteria and i guess this will be telling for north carolina because the way they are playing right now they are on fire they've won nine games in a row R.J. Davis, their point guard, is looking like one of the best players in the country. He put up 36 points against Wake Forest earlier this week. Uh, He's looking like one of the best guards in the country, and North Carolina is looking like a team that can possibly win a national championship, not just because of R.J. Davis, but because they are defending this year. They are playing great defense. R.J. Davis looks like one of the best guards in the country, and then they also have Armando Baycott down low, a guy who's been around forever, a really effective big down in the post. Uh, North Carolina looks like a completely different team this year. The only question I have about them right now is how good are they? Because we're not seeing them against a schedule like you would see in the Big 12 or even the Big East. The, The sad fact of the matter for the ACC, and I love the ACC. I grew up on the ACC. I've forever and ever and ever had arguments that the ACC was clearly the best league in college basketball but the ACC is not a vintage ACC right now and north carolina has not played teams on the same level uh as houston as baylor as kansas iowa state tcu even texas they have not played teams like that oklahoma they haven't played duke yet they will play duke twice And I think that game, those two games will be very telling because North Carolina and Duke to me are on a clear tier on their own in the ACC. They are head and shoulders above everybody else and nobody is really close. North Carolina does have this road test in Tallahassee. We will see how they fare, but they right now to me look like one of the best teams in the country and a national championship contender. And watching them And seeing how R.J. Davis has played and then thinking about Purdue has made me more skeptical about Purdue. Purdue, the favorite to win the national championship right now. I believe FanDuel has them at something like plus 750, seven and a half to one. And it's just hard for me to believe when I watch R.J. Davis, when I watch North Carolina, and when I watch some of the other great guard play around the country right now, I mean, uh, Look, I watch Maryland on a night-to-night basis. Maryland is probably not going to make the tournament, but Jameer Young, Maryland's point guard, is playing at an all-American level right now. Boo Booey, Northwestern's point guard, is a guy who's absolutely fantastic and capable of carrying a team. And when I look at some of the, the guard play around the country, it, it's hard for me to believe that Purdue is going to be able to go up against guards like that. And I'm not saying those two specifically because I know there's a good chance is not going to be in the tournament and Northwestern has, has other uh, flaws that are going to hold them back. But a guy like R.J. Davis on a team like North Carolina with that talent, and they're going to be able to go up against a guy like that, a guard like that, without a guard like that, and come out on top. I love Zach Eadie. I think he's great. It's hard not to root for him. It's hard not to like him. He, he 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 has improved so much over his time at Purdue, and he has been so good. And it's been awesome to watch him in college basketball for so long. To see a guy like him be in college for four years, I, I think that's part of you know what we've been missing to some extent in college basketball—a guy who you can know and you can latch onto. But I have a hard time believing that if you don't have guards at that level, you are going to be able to beat teams with guards of that caliber. And that's the one question I still have about Purdue. So I really like where North Carolina is going right now. I'm interested to see how they continue to grow and progress as the season goes on. At that 2 o'clock time slot, a couple other really good games in the Big 12. Number 20, Texas Tech, goes on the road to take on number 11, Oklahoma, in Norman. Texas Tech is the, the team alone at the top of the Big 12 right now. They're four and one in conference, but I don't expect it to last. They've had a really nice season, but they are shooting forty percent from three in conference play, and inevitably that is going to regress. When it does, they are going to start losing some games. This is a desperate Oklahoma team, uh, Oklahoma team that's sitting at three and three in conference play, coming off a home loss to their rival Texas, and. Oklahoma's a team I'm still trying to figure out a little bit too. Really nice non conference season. Once they've gotten into conference play, they've been good, but not great. Three and three now. And I think they're going to be desperate for a win in this one. I think Texas Tech is bound. To regress a little bit, I don't see a line on this one yet. Yeah, no line out on this one yet. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. But I'm definitely leaning Oklahoma in that one. If I could get like an Oklahoma minus two and a half or something along those lines another big game in the big 12 at two and this is the game to me which might be one of the most interesting of the week texas goes to byu now texas about 10 days ago looked like they were in absolute turmoil they lost to ucf they blew a 15 point lead rodney terry's talking after the game about horns down and how it's classless and they don't do that then they rebound And they're one and three in the Big Twelve at this point. They rebound with back to back wins over Baylor and over Oklahoma. They're now sitting at three and three. And I talked about Max Asemus earlier. He's a great. He's one of. He is one of those guards. He is one of those guards in the country. And he's such a Big East guard at six foot. You know he's just that classic guy where you think of a Big East guard. He's hit a couple game winners this year, but I think Dylan DeSue, their big, who was a huge part of their Big 12 tournament championship run last year, but then got hurt at the end of the season, missed uh, uh, most of non-conference play this season. I think he is the critical guy for them. In these two back-to-back wins against Oklahoma and Baylor, he's had 19 points 10 rebounds against Oklahoma, 19 points, just two boards against Baylor. But he had 19 points in each of those two games. Now, in their three conference losses— He's been in foul trouble. He fouled out of the West Virginia loss. He had four fouls in the UCF loss, and he had four fouls in the Texas Tech loss. If he can stay on the floor, they are a much better team. I think he's critical to their success, and I think he's starting to round himself into form here. Coming back from injury, he's only been in the starting lineup for the past five games now, and that's something to really watch there with Texas. I think Ace Miss and DeSue is is one of... If I think it's one of clearly one of the best inside outside combos in the big 12, could it be one of the best combos in the country We'll have to find out. That's a really interesting game for me here. Can Texas go on the road and take down BYU? And then on the flip side of things there, BYU, I, they're one of the most fun teams in the country to watch from my perspective, and they're sitting at 2-4 and four in conference. You don't want to fall to 2-5. and five. This conference is, is such a grind night in and night out. you got to take care of your games at home, uh, so it's a big one for BYU to take care of. A couple other games I want to quickly touch on here. At 4 o'clock, Clemson goes on the road to Cameron Indoor Stadium. They take on number 12 Duke. Clemson is a team that I really liked early on. They looked really good, but since conference play has started, they've fallen off a little bit. They're just 3-4 and in conference play. Uh, They've taken some questionable losses, including a double overtime loss at home to Georgia Tech. I want to see how Clemson plays on the road. On the other side of things, Duke, uh, they look like they're starting to round in the form. They did take a loss to Pitt uh, a week ago, but that is that was their first loss since December 9th. They've got a win over Baylor on their resume. So are they right there with North Carolina? That's the question for me. I think right now I'm giving North Carolina the benefit of the doubt, but Kyle Filipowski inside as good as anybody in the country. Uh, Some of you watching this one, and and trying to figure out this ACC a little bit more. In the Mountain West at 4 o'clock, number 18, Utah State, goes on the road to Boise State. If you're not watching the Mountain West, uh, I I definitely encourage you to because there's a lot of good basketball being played out there. And then another mid-major game that I think is worth watching at 6 o'clock is number 16, Dayton, going on the road to Richmond. Dayton has been Excellent so far this season. The A-10 has been a really good league. These are the two teams at the very top of the A-10 standings, both 6-0 in the league. Dayton, fantastic offensively super efficient ranked number 14 in the country deron Holmes, uh inside for them their big man is is one of the better players in the country he's putting up some unbelievable stats there you just go down his game logs and it's like 20 and 10 every night you know 20 and 12 every night super efficient guy For the flyers and uh, that's a game that's going to be for first place in the a10 make sure you stay tuned to twitter because i will be putting out more picks as these lines come out not all of them are out right now and i uh apologize for that had to record this a little bit earlier today that's our show for today enjoy the games this weekend everybody and until next time keep the girl hot and the cooler cold